Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio. Six thirty, Chad. 105 in Edmonton, hour number two. The Oilers in San Jose tonight. Bob Stauffer joining you from NoCal. Oilers now brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation. Keep texting us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line 7804960063. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors. 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. We're on Twitter at Oilers now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer. We head straight off to our River Cree Resort Casino hotline. The River Cree Resort Casino excitement. Bet on it. And we go to our Oilers now headliner today for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. There's not a lot of guests that you can get on a show that have actually been in the chair as a general manager. He also started Octagon's player agency on the hockey side. It's one of the biggest in the business, and he was the number one overall pick in the NHL draft. We welcome back to the show Brian Lawton. Hello, Brian. How are you? Doing terrific, Bob. How are you? Good. We're in San Jose, and you were keeping a very close eye on this organization last season. Perhaps you can explain why to the listeners. Well, I was very interested in that job. It was the last, uh, you know, they hired a new GM in Mike Greer, who's a a terrific guy, and I'm sure he's going to do a great job in time. Uh, That job was always going to be tough for whoever got it. I was interested Having finished my career with the Sharks, I um, feel like I have a pretty good understanding of that team. And uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out for me. And it's been interesting to watch them as they progress through the, through the year. You can't be really picky in this business if you want to be a GM. Uh, so you really got to go after the ones that you think might be a good fit for you. I thought that might be the case with San Jose. Um, just having familiarity around that club, knowing a number of players that have played in that club. Uh, I spend a lot of time, believe it or not, speaking to an ex-client of mine by the name of Brett Hedekin, who, of course, does television for the Sharks. And uh, him and I talk about that team probably 50 times a year. So it, it's always a, a team that's, that's caught my attention. They've gone through a lot of changes 
Uh, Doug Wilson was a former teammate of mine when I was in San Jose. He did an incredible job there. Um, unfortunately, due to personal reasons, he didn't continue on. And it's a new era. And uh, it's an open canvas for San Jose right now. They've got some contracts that are problematic. They were able to move Brent Burns. Um, but when you do these things, you're always going to pay a little bit of a price if you're not on the right side of, say, where the salary cap's at, the age curve, a lot of different things. So uh, very interested to to watch the Sharks unfold over the next few years here for me. Well, do you mind, like, what are we talking? You had one interview with them. Did you have a couple? How, how much work did you actually do on this? Well, I really feel like the Sharks did a great job of uh, – bringing in a really diverse group of candidates. I had a chance to speak with them a number of times. I can't speak to what other people did, but uh, I felt like they did a really deep dive. Uh, that's how they came up with Mike in the end. He might have been a little bit more of a longer shot guy at the beginning, but I think Mike showed well, and, and I know Mike, and he's a great guy, very balanced, got a family history in the business, for me personally, though, uh, I had a chance to say what I wanted to say. Uh, I feel like they afforded me the time to kind of lay what my vision would be for the club. And uh, there's not necessarily any right or wrong answers for these things. You're going to tell them what you think. you got to be true to who you are, how you see clubs, how you feel about building a team, how you feel about drafting, drafting developing, teamwork, uh, how you feel about just raising the overall level of maybe what's gone on there the last few years to help them get back to where they want to be. Uh, but like I said, it's not a pass-fail type deal. It's just a matter of finding somebody that really believes and connects in what you're saying. I was not able to do that. Mike Greer, I think, uh, was able to communicate that stuff, and we'll see how it unfolds in the future. Well, it's going to be interesting. You mentioned Burns. They ended up retaining $2.72 million on uh, Brent Burns' contract and uh, for the next three seasons. So, he, you know, he's an $8 million. They basically retained 33%. He was an $8 million cap hit. So Carolina got him for two-thirds of the price. Uh, Eric Carlson right now, and he, I don't see Eric Carlson as being a fit in Edmonton. I mean, the Oilers have got... Uh, both Barry, who two years ago led all NHL defensemen in, in, in scoring. This year, you know, the last time I checked, was second or third in power play scoring for right shot D. They got him at four and a half for one more year. They've got Bouchard, who they want to develop, and they just need to play. Uh, then they have Cody Cece, and now they have Vincent DeHarnay, who might be exactly what Edmonton needs on their defense in the future. So I don't know if Carlson made a lot of sense, but that is going to be realistically what do you think knowing the market uh, you know as a former gm yourself and a, a guy that represented players what do you you know how much could San, do you think mike greer could get if he ultimately elected to move eric carlson well it's clear that he'll end up getting a first rounder in my opinion he'll probably get a pick uh, another pick besides that maybe a prospect instead of that he may even get you know, a roster player, but that's that's about the top of the market. Yeah, I read all the rumors like everybody else, and I talk to a lot of people, and I'm pretty well-versed on what teams are asking. And uh, not unlike Jacob Chickren, you know, some of the – you can ask for whatever you want. That doesn't mean uh -huh. you'll necessarily get it. 
And uh, the fact that you read it or that I would know it through, you know, some of that's private information, some of that's public, uh, generally means that there's a lot of BS behind it, in my opinion. Uh, BS on the ask or, you, you know, like, Chikrin hasn't moved yet. Some people believe, well, and I can tell you, I'm, I'm led to believe that he's, Bill Armstrong's looking for two number ones and a number two, and not necessarily a previously drafted number one, that they're looking for, you know, a, a couple number ones in the future because it would coincide with them moving into a, a new building. The fact that Chikrin hasn't been moved yet and requested the trade is that Bill Armstrong holding to his guns or is that Bill Armstrong wanting too much? What do you think? Uh, for me, and speaking with some other guys, I've had this discussion with other GMs, and it's just a little bit of uh, I don't really care if I trade him right now. He's a good young player. He's getting better. He's at a really nice price. He's got term left on his deal. If someone wants to knock my socks off, I'll do it. But maybe unlike a situation last year with Hampus Lindholm where, you know, I don't think people realized that they had made the decision that they were going to trade him no matter what. Uh, Boston Bruins certainly realized it, hung around, were able to make a deal that's been pretty economical for them by their standards. And him along with David Krejci have really revived that team this year. Pasternak has played even better. There's a lot of things that have happened right. But that is a different scenario than I think what Billy's done. And that's probably a better way to go. If you don't have to trade the player, hang in there with it and see how long it takes. Joe Sackett did that with uh, Ryan O'Reilly, and I think that worked out pretty good for them in the end. It's hard to be, it's hard to be patient, though, when you make a decision, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, Chris McFarland eventually became the GM of Colorado, and I think as a result of how that deal worked out, did they not end up getting a fourth overall pick, which turned out to be Bowen Byram, and unfortunately he hasn't been able to stay healthy because he's got a high, high ceiling. Brian Lott joins us right now. Brian, are there other factors like, you know, we get texts, all, and, and you know how passionate the fan base is here uh, in, Ed, or, you know, in Edmonton, and, and quite frankly, quite knowledgeable, I think. I think they got a real good read on they care, they're into it, they, they study it, they follow it. But Edmonton isn't for everybody, and it's not an excuse, right? Like, it's not an excuse. It's a reality. Is that fair? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I think it's fair. Uh, you know, there certainly are some players. It's not Edmonton that I look at it. It can be Canada, quite frankly. Uh, 
which I don't necessarily understand. I played in Quebec. I'm actually born in New Brunswick, but not New Brunswick, Canada. New Brunswick, New Jersey. <laughs> so I'm always, I always have good feelings about Canada. But in today's world, players seem to have differing opinions than that. Uh, some of the power has shifted from the era when I played where, you know, you really didn't have any control over your career until you were 31, which generally encompassed most of your career, if not all of it. The world is different now with unrestricted free agency and kids being able to make choices at 25, you know, certainly 27 if you start start later rather than 31. That's changed thinking. And, yes, I do think there's some players that uh, don't want to be in Canada. And, I, you know, we're not trying to insult anybody in Edmonton. There's a lot of wonderful places in Canada, but I, I'd say that's that's true. I just also think, Bob, the other side of the coin is that there's tons of players that would love to play in Canada, would love to play in Edmonton, uh, and in particular would love to play on a team with a couple of incredible superstars like the Oilers have. Well, I'll give you a comparison and contrast. Jake McCabe and Frank Cervelli discussed this, kind of hinted a couple of weeks ago, seven teams on his no-trade list. There's seven Canadian teams. You know, maybe it's yeah. one That's what I'm talking about. Maybe yeah. Jake there's, doesn't want to play in Canada. You know? Yeah, and there's not there's not a lot of thought that goes into that. You could, you know, that that's just uh, there's, there's no more thought other than I just don't want to play in Canada. Not I don't want to play in Edmonton. Not I don't want to play in Toronto. It's not I don't want to play in Vancouver. It's not specific. It's just things like that are more business decisions, and part of that kills me to to hear that and see that because you know the most enjoyable thing about playing in the National Hockey League. It's not making money. It's doing what you love to do. And quite frankly, it's winning. That's the most fun I ever had uh, in my life. It's certainly around hockey. It was when, we, when I actually was on good teams that were winning. That's fun. That criteria in today's world with more power to the players has been a little bit whittled down, in my opinion. All right. Now, I was going to contrast McCabe with a guy like Connor Brown who is going to be a, he's a pending UFA, he blew out his knee this year with the Washington Capitals. We know the Oilers had expressed interest in him, and it's my belief that if we go in a free agency and the Oilers can move out a contract, that they will be in on Connor Brown, and I think Connor Brown would be very interested to rejoin a team with his former junior teammate, Connor McDavid. So there's your comparison and contrast. i got to ask you this. Um... You know, a lot of Oilers fans think that Ken Holland needs to act immediately to get a left shot D in uh, to, um, you know, to, to push Kulak down maybe to the third pairing where he probably belongs. Uh, others think, you know, maybe they need to add another top six forward, though I think the general consensus is another defenseman. In the meantime, is it incumbent upon Edmonton to play their young players? Broberg's here, play him. Holloway's here, play him. You have to, you you have to get productivity from entry level players. What's your as a as a former manager in the league, and a guy who also represented players, and who by the way was the number one overall pick, and didn't always play every game in your rookie season in the NHL. How would you assess that? 
There's no doubt it's it's critically important. I've had these discussions with people, you know, certainly in my career as an agent and also in my career as a GM. You know, we had Steven Stamkos who actually sat out a game in his rookie year, which people wouldn't remember, not as punishment, just to let him catch his breath. But the reality was is that we had a guy in UC Jokinen that was a better player than Steven Stamkos. Steven was 18 just coming in the league. UC was a veteran, a great guy, well-liked, respected. And I had a heck of a battle convincing the coaches that we needed to play Stammer over him, certainly in the situations that fed his game because his growth trajectory is through the roof. And that, that's no different for Edmonton. You, th those are tough decisions that Jay's faced with. Ken's always meeting with him, I'm sure. you got to be on top of it. In a salary cap world, that's basically been frozen a million dollars a year probably feels like the cap is frozen to a lot of the guys in this business because players inherently are getting raises as they go along uh it's incumbent that you get your younger players up to speed as fast as you can some teams have the ability to be more patient some don't you have to match up where you fit in that uh, i do agree with you on edmonton fans they know exactly where there's teams at um, as far as the fan bases go, I'd say they're certainly in the top one or two in identifying correctly where their team is at. And to me, that's always interesting. That's why I love doing this show. I hear from a lot of people there, and I don't hear a lot of nonsense. Um, at the same time, there's another side of that that Ken Holland has to deal with. And nobody, and I mean nobody, is making trades right now. If fans thought that the club should be making trades, I would tell you they're not wrong. But at the same time, there has to be an understanding that Ken Holland is not on vacation. He's looking for partners, I'm sure, right now. I expect them to get a number of things done. It's just a matter of you know not wanting to move too quickly to overpay. And until I see that market open up, it's very hard to be critical of the lack of you know action from any general manager in the league right now, to be honest with you. So in the short term, they got to play Holloway, and they got like Broberg and Bouchard. The last two games have been Edmonton's best uh, pairing, Brian. Like they've looked pretty good. You know, like Broberg's moved the puck up the ice. He's played with it. You know what? When he came up last year, he played a game against Vegas where he was with Cody Cece. He played like 22 minutes. He was outstanding. Like he was really good. And I'm thinking, we, you know, this guy might be Kenny Onsen. Maybe this guy could be a Jonas Brodine. Like those are. Those are important defensemen to have, but it's a tricky one. And I, I am, yeah, it's interesting. I, I kind of concur with you. Like, I, you don't see a lot of moves. Now, smaller moves, subtler moves, not for second-pairing left-shot defensemen that can play 22 minutes a game, but maybe for bottom six forwards. Um, maybe a guy with a little bit of bite. Or conversely, a guy that's got a specified role as a penalty killer because the Oilers have poor penalty killing. In theory, would that be a little bit easier to make if you're talking, you know, picking, poaching a guy off a struggling team and giving them a, you know, a, a third or fourth round pick or something like that? Yes, it absolutely would. But it, you know, unfortunately, GMs, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, greed and fear there. You want to, you know, that if you can wait, and there'll be an overabundance of those guys because there almost always is every year because everybody thinks they have a few of them and the market can't absorb that much. If you can wait, you can generally get those guys for a song. 
The problem is if your team is not where they want, where they should be, in your opinion, or where they need to be to make the playoffs to be able to go on a run, it gets dicey. And other GMs recognize this. Look at it, like look at Arizona. They've got some players, uh, a guy like Nick Bukestad, having an excellent year for them, making nine hundred thousand uh, dollars, six foot six, can skate, can play in your third line, can center a fourth line, can kind of move up and down the lineup, uh, signed as a free agent. And the ask would be, you know, probably it's guaranteed a third rounder right now might even be a second you know that's going to come down as a gm because uh, you'll never pay that and no one's going to pay that unless you are literally that player away from thinking you're going to win the cup and i don't know anybody that fits that mold right now so you know it's not as easy as fans may imagine well why don't you just call arizona and do that that could make a big impact it could it's just not available at the right price right now and uh, that's unfortunate if you think your team needs a boost. And I'd imagine Edmonton fans are watching closely, saying, you know, when are we going to get on this run? Seattle's hanging in there. Uh, that's been certainly a surprise. Vegas is back uh, to where they were a couple of years ago. L.A. has surprised everybody. Uh, you know, if you'd asked me in the summer, I'd tell you for sure that at the very worst, Edmonton probably would have been second out of a group of those will throw Calgary yeah. in there out of five teams. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, two quick hitters. Uh, we got a texter asking, can you ask Brian Lawton since he investigated San Jose's thoughts and Jacob Mania, who's making 762000 for this year and next year. What do you think he is? Uh, I think he's a guy that has played enough minutes now and got him under his belt where he could potentially be a big guy in your third pair, maybe a number five defenseman for you for on a really good team, uh, not making any money, right? So everybody loves that. He's making like 750 or 60 ish. Um, yeah. He's in a pool of guys that might be available when you look at the market. And uh, he, he would, uh, you know, for me, he's, he's probably the size is an advantage the minutes that he's played, his ability, his competitiveness, because uh, he's playing about 18 and a half minutes, which is typically number five, but he's probably on a team that thinks they're going to win the cup. He'd be a really good number six on a team that has a chance but doesn't have the depth. He could fill a number five role, but he's a third pair guy anyway you slice it. And he's been playing basically in the top pairing with Carlson all year long. Brian, thanks for your perspective. Great having you on the show. Hope you continue to do well, and we'll touch base down the, down the road. Thanks, Bob. That is Brian Lott, the general ma uh, former general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, spent years working on the NHL Network and started Octagon's player agency. Do you want to mention we're heading back to sunny California this April uh, with New West Travel. You fly to L.A. and Anaheim to watch the Oilers play the Kings and the Ducks. Uh, this new West hockey package includes airfare four nights, the Marriott LA lower bowl game tickets for both games, a welcome reception with yours truly and special guests. For the California hockey tour, you can reach out to newwesttravel.com. Japanese Village for 50 years, Edmonton's destination for celebration of the census, reserved today at jvedmonton.ca. And into the orders now, injury report for James H. Brown. James H. Brown Injury Lawyers, it's just simple. They got the most experience, 250 years. I get you the best results. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Well, 
for the Oilers. Evander Kane closing in on a return. Not out of the realm of possibility he plays sometime next week is my guess. But nobody's told me that 100%. And um, Luke Coonan is out. Uh, Cunnan is out for the San Jose Sharks with a torn ACL. Uh, upper body issue for Radic Simic, a defenseman, as well as uh, uh, Marcus Nidavares missed basically the entire season here for the Sharks. He was a third-pairing defenseman that uh, used to be in Columbus and Florida. Of course, Ryan Murray back in Edmonton with a back challenge as well. Off to a global news weather traffic update at 1.30 with Eileen Bell when we return. Uh, the WHL trade deadline has come and passed. The Edmonton Oil Kings made a, f a really interesting futures deal that's dependent upon the Arizona Coyotes. And we'll talk about the state of the Oil Kings right now in a full-blown rebuild after winning the WHL championship. Uh, and maybe get a bit of a thought on some of the other teams in the league with Oil Kings GM Kurt Hill at 134 today. Eileen up next, Global News Weather Traffic Update.